everyone. Thank you for joining us. You are now tuned in to Trish Chat, a series that promotes meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real-life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Make sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. My name is Steph. I am here with Jess, and we have a special guest today, Elisa. Hi, Elisa. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, so as we start every episode, I'll tell you a little bit about how we know Elisa, um, which I think is very interesting. So I actually met Elisa back in 2014. I went to a networking event, and Elisa was a recruiter. Yeah. Um, and then years, many, many years later... Jess went to um, an event and saw Elisa speak on a panel and then connected with her. And, and Elisa was like, I think I know your wife. And then I looked through my uh, personal email and I was like, I know Elisa. So <laughs> that's what brought us all together. And Elisa also used to work somewhere I used to work. And yeah. we just missed each other. Which... Yeah, lots of misconnections, but so we finally made it happen. Now we're here in <laughs> California, in the Bay Area, live, making it happen. <laughs> So cool. Um, today we're talking about healthy relationships. Um, but before we do that, Elisa, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I am really interested in the in the focus on healthy relationships because, in addition to working in communications at my job, um, I also second as an energy coach. So working on building relationships and also thinking through how we. Um, sort of go towards our ideal life and how we raise our energy to do that. Nice. So cool. Yeah. Um, so before we can even start talking about um, healthy relationships, we need to like, I guess, hash out how we define them. So I guess we can go around and, and answer the question of what do you define as um, a healthy relationship? And that could be both romantic or platonic. Jess is drinking her tea purposely so that she doesn't have to go first. No. I, I know the tricks. No, I no. I mean, Lisa should go first. She's our guest. Yeah, um, this is a really good question um, because I do think it's personal in a lot of ways. But in terms of across the board, I think it's a relationship where the people involved feel safe. Um, you know, fundamentally as humans, we want to be seen and understood and validated for who mm -hmm. we are. Um, so I think safety is really important in that. Um, as well as just mutually reinforcing, like everyone is getting something out of the relationship. Yeah. It's built on um, a bond. Sorry. Yeah. I echo all that. Well, that's your answer? <laughs> no, I think, well, one of the things I had in my like notes is that somewhere that I feel safe. Yeah. Um, where you can be your authentic self and somewhere where uh, a relationship where the group or the individual um, makes space for you and you make mm. space for them. Damn, you were looking at my notes. I can't <laughs> see your notes from here. Get out of here. But I think that that's something that I've learned recently that I couldn't put words to it. Um, but as I was evaluating not only this topic, but just throughout my journey, I just realized that that's how I define it. Like yeah. when I think about friendships or any type of relationship, I think that's healthy because this person makes space for me. Yeah. Um, and so that also goes into like feeling loved and all that stuff. But I yeah. would, that's how I would define it. I would, I would, I think you both touched upon 
what I was going to say. I think the bond is super important because I think um, when I thought about that question in terms of how do I define a healthy relationship, I thought about, well, like, how, how, like in what way do I present myself in a healthy relationship? Um, and I, I think that when there is a bond, it allows you to show up as your authentic self and you don't have to pretend to like or be or do things that don't necessarily align to you. But I also thought about um, the idea of safety and like feeling safe with someone in being your authentic self when that authentic self doesn't necessarily match like the overall narrative in society of who we have as like, this is what authentic should be like. Mm -hmm. But then I also thought about like, well, at that point I'm describing like people who are like, know themselves fully and, and, and I'm thinking of like two people who know themselves fully in a relationship and I don't want our listeners to be like, well, I'm not there yet and or like the person that I'm with isn't there yet. And that's where I think the making space is really important because there's always going to be something in life, whether it be like you don't like your job at that moment or you're going through like um, a tragedy or you're uncovering some trauma that you've gone through. And I think the idea of like someone making space for you so that they can acknowledge that you're going through a journey and it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to join that journey with you or like make you feel a certain way or try and control your feelings or try and fix you, mm -hmm. but they just allow you to be in that journey. I think that is like the foundation of being able to have the bond and being able to like feel safe. Yeah, and I definitely echo that because there are going to be challenges, there are going to be fights, like there's just life's going to happen. And I see relationships as like this playing field for all of the lessons that we're supposed to learn in life. Yeah. Um, and if those challenges mean sort of then co like create power struggles or more toxicity or more trauma, it's like it's not actually leading in a healthy like way. It might be yeah. a toxic relationship or unhealthy, mm -hmm. but then how do you shift that? into we are building something. And so I think space and safety is so important to that. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree with what you just said. And I think that the way that we've all answered it, just for it to be clear for everyone, like that applies to a romantic relationship, that applies to a platonic relationship with your friends, but that also applies to relationships with your parents. Um, mm. Because I think that it needs to be safe. You need to have that bond. Just because someone's your parent doesn't mean that you have a bond with them. Um, and they need to make space for you and you need to make space for them. Yep. So I like our answers. Yeah. This is yeah. great. Amazing. Um, so we talked about the interpersonal relationships. What about um, yourself, individual? Like how do you define a, um, a healthy relationship with yourself? Yeah, I think Elisa actually brought this up the other day. Um, I quote a lot of things you say, but <laughs> so credit to you. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this too and just talking yeah. about like, not betraying yourself. I think that spoke so, like it spoke so loudly um, to me, um, to us. And when I think about like relationship with, with myself, I think about um, just staying true to like my word and who I am and constantly evaluating that um, regardless of what I'm going through. Um, and just really listening to like my body, um, I'm, I'm going down a journey where I'm like learning about like my triggers and learning a lot about ego and learning a lot about intuition. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting very curious about those things. And for the longest time, I didn't understand that ego and intuition were two different things. Um, mm -hmm. So it kind of just funnels back to like, 
while I'm going through my journey, whatever I'm going through, whether it's trauma, whether it's whatever, um, a healthy relationship with myself is just like, I'm not always going to have the right answers. I'm not always going to be in the same place, stage or whatever. But as long as I feel like I'm not betraying myself, I feel like it's a healthy relationship that I'm having with myself because that's just the way I can measure my state of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be my answer. I would 100% agree with you in not betraying yourself. I think that there's so many many thoughts that ladder up to that. And then, Elisa, when you said betray yourself, like that term, I was like, can I add that to my toolkit? (laughs) That term is so important. Um, I think that when I think about a healthy relationship with myself, that's kind of like high level what it looks like. Um, Not betraying myself in terms of like uh, who I know myself to be, who I'm working on myself Mm -hmm. to be based on like the the work that I'm doing and not betraying that because I'm looking for a sense of belonging or feeling like I'm not good enough. So like I'm I'm getting hit with, you know, my triggers. Um, But I think that two really big important things for me that I've learned is um, self-compassion. And my therapist talks a lot about this and that um, she mentioned this and it really like a light bulb went off for me where she said, um, when you tell yourself things, think about whether you, if somebody came to you with that same situation, if you would say that to them. And I realized that a lot of the stuff that I told myself in terms of internalized feedback that I had, I would never say to a friend to a partner, to anyone. I was just being so harsh on myself and I wasn't practicing self-compassion. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. And then the last thing would be um, making space for myself. So if we're in the practice of making, spells, making space for others, we need to make space for ourselves in the sense of, I think that when you hit certain ages, you hit like certain milestones in like a group of people who you're you may hang around a lot and they're hitting milestones in life and maybe you're not there you're going on a different path i think oftentimes we don't make space for ourselves because we're like well, maybe i should be there or maybe i should have this job or maybe i should be living this lifestyle or maybe i should weigh this much or i should have this these you know like amounts of clothes or i should be wearing these brands or mm-hmm. i should be at this stage in my life emotionally and i think that making space for yourself in terms of and this comes with self-compassion and acknowledging that you know, this is my path that I've decided that of the things that I want to work on or who I am or who I want to be. Um, and if that means that I need to miss out on a few things so that I can continue working on that, right? Invest my time and my money in, in different ways for me, then being able to make that decision and decipher when it's like something healthy towards you versus like building a wall. Um, I think that that's a healthy relationship. Yeah. I mean, this is so, this is such an empowering conversation to just have because First, I echo everything that you just said, um, but when you talked about self-compassion, that hit me really deep because I've been really exploring that within myself and what does that look like to put myself first, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like in healthy relationships, it's like, I'm only as good as I am to myself. Like you yes. can only love the other as much as you love yourself. And I can't, you know, I, I want to be in a space where I can sort of manifest this this beautiful relationship in, in many different ways, friendship or love. So I think that self-compassion is huge. Um, I think boundaries, it's important to kind of just even mention yes. boundaries for yourself. Yes. So yes. when we think about space and we think about our values, like what things are sort of our bottom line or what do we expect of others and from ourselves? Um, yeah. The idea of betraying ourselves, it's like, how are we keeping promises to ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. even just in the ways of like, you know, for me, it's like making sure that I journal 
every day. Cause when I don't do that, I reflect and I say, wow, I, I feel a little out of whack. Cause that's something that I've promised myself that I haven't done. Yeah. Um, but I also like to think about healthy relationships also too. And Jess, I think you were getting to it. Um, in a lot of, in a different framework. So looking at my body, my mind and my spirit. So like, what am I doing to, um, to do this with my body? What am I putting in my body? What am I consuming in terms of media? And you were getting to that too. Um, you know, my, my spirit, like how am I connecting? How am I meditating or journaling? Or, you know, if you're part of like a, a spiritual community, that's really powerful. Um, and then just really for, you know, looking at that framework, then I'm sort of creating the foundation for a healthy relationship yeah. um, with myself so that I can be of service to others. Mm, that's so good. I like that. I like the way you put that. Yeah. How can we forget boundaries? I... We kind of touched upon it, but not really like concretely. Um, so thank you for pointing that out because I do think that I would also say boundaries are part of the definition of having any relationship with yourself, with other people, I think boundaries need to be put in place so that you can love yourself to like the fullest extent and boundaries put in place with, with others so that you can love them like mm-hmm. yeah. to, to your fullest extent as well. Um, so we define healthy relationships with others, with ourselves. Did you see examples of these healthy um, types of relationships, um, both interpersonal and individual growing up? this this question was so hard i was looking at it and i I literally have on my notes i think so (laughs) Um, i I think this is so important because when i when in in writing these questions down i think it's always really important to reflect upon what you saw growing up because we a lot of times mirror that and that fits into the self-compassion piece and that people may be listening to this and be like okay, great, like boundaries, all this stuff. Like, why don't I have that, right? And it's like, you didn't grow up seeing that. How are you supposed to have that now? Yeah. So that was an aside. I I think in my experience, it's so hard to like think back um, to that because I'm in this weird journey of like learning so much about, I feel like I'm awake. It's so weird. I just feel like I'm learning so much about me and everything is starting to click. You, Mm -hmm. Melissa, you mentioned like trying to find that, the boxes of things and frameworks of like understanding because that truly helps me understand like who I am and also why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I, I love like terms and like language because it really helps me uh, understand like where I, where I fit within this part of my life or in society. Um, So when I, when I think about that question, I think about who was I as a kid Um, Mm -hmm. and I played I am a codependent person. I was raised to worry about everyone else and to not really make space for myself. And it wasn't something that was told like, yeah. don't make space for yourself. It was like, this is your Modeled. family. Yeah. This is your family. You take care of your family. Yep. Whatever they need, you give them. Like you yeah. do whatever you can to do yeah. to, to make sure they're happy. And I replicated that within other relationships friendships partnerships things like that and i always thought that made me different i thought i'm very loving like that this is why people fell in love with me because they were like oh my god you give so much you know i've never met anyone like you and i'm always just thinking oh because i care like i'm just nice i don't sure okay that's great i i love you so i'm going to show you i love you and i 
And then I started thinking like that got to my ego and I'm thinking, okay, that does make me different. Like, that's awesome. But what I didn't realize until very recently is that I was not making room for me. Like the term codependent wasn't even in my vocabulary. Um, I thought that meant something so different until I just started digging into it. And then I started seeing all the qualities of, of, of that type of person. And I'm like, holy shit, that is me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that solely because, yes, I want to be known as this like loving, caring person. I want to keep those qualities, but I think you can be that, but also be, have a healthy relationship with yourself. Can you give a quick like definition of codependency? For- oh my God. Um, I'd have to look it up. There's just so many like things. At least I don't know if you have like a quick definition. Yeah. So codependency, you know, really I, I like to think about it like you don't know where you end and the other person begins. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, this idea that um, there there really is no sense of detachment. Mm-hmm. So um, to the point where like, and, I, and I've definitely struggled with this as well, where if someone, you know, someone that you might've just met, right, through a friend has some traumatic event, or maybe someone cut them off in traffic, right? You can actually get viscerally angry for this person, you know, especially if you're like need to help. So it's, it's sort of extending yourself past yourself, right? Mm. And oftentimes, it makes it really hard to delineate, like, who am I, aside from this person, aside from these relationships, and who am I, aside from a helper, Right. So like just that in its own is does not define the Mm -hmm. entirety of who you are. So I think it can make things a little bit convoluted when it comes to like developing healthy relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I saw that growing up because my mom is that and um, she's the type of person that will just do anything for anyone. It doesn't matter if like she doesn't have time for herself or she'd take her last dollar and, and give it to someone, not even thinking like, okay, what about you? You know what I mean? And, and so I didn't, I didn't realize that that was happening when I was a kid. I just replicated how my mom was. Yeah. Um, and so me and my brother, we're the same person when it comes to that. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I, I I guess that's, that's just what I saw and I just replicated it. Um, and I never questioned it because that just was, and I think that's honestly, I think the Latinx culture is very much that, You know, like a big percentage of people, like we're very community based and um, we're more likely that than not. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what I saw growing up. And I just it it took me all these years to then realize, like, is this who I am? And like understanding what that actually meant Um, and unlearning that is very difficult, (laughs) Um, but not impossible. Did I answer the question? Sorry, I just kind of went off. No, you did. You did answer it. You did. Um, and I think you touched upon something really important in that, um, for sure, the Latinx community, but I know that there are some other um, cultures that are very um, community-focused, and I think that creates underlying like rules that you follow in your head that if you don't sacrifice for others, that you're breaking a rule and you're not a good person. Yeah. So I think it can be very difficult to find or set boundaries um, when you have those sort of cultural norms that are looming like in the back of your mind all the time. And, and that just right there, just I, one other thing, like I didn't know what boundaries were. Like That doesn't exist in the line next no, community like, for a lot of people. Boundaries, no, what's that? But even, even till recently, like I still struggle with that. Like 
those those don't exist. Like if you didn't want to do something, it didn't matter. Like you were going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Right. But w- like, what is the right thing to do? Like that is so like subjective, right? To each person. Um, yeah. So and I think that's like, you know, what you're getting to is to like, as you, you were saying, I'm feeling more awakened. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think like we start to understand that our intuition, which has actually probably been our guide, um, can really, really help in those instances of, is this doing too much or not? And also like with our partners and relationships, like sharing, like we have a tendency mm-hmm. to experience some codependency or sometimes I extend myself too much. Can you hold me accountable? Or like, yeah. you know, there's a safe word and I actually have friends cause I have also struggled with codependency who will say, are you sure? Like, let's actually like, I'm going to take a step back here. Like, are you doing this because you want to or because you feel like you have to Mm -hmm. right and those are those relationships where i'm just so grateful for because growing up um definitely codependency was modeled as was like really intense power dynamics um because with you know sometimes when you're overextending yourself so much the martyrdom in my family was really huge coming from a religious family coming from a from a puerto rican family um there was just this idea of like i did this in order to earn your validation, appreciation, et cetera. And when that's not given, mm-hmm. now I'm angry, I'm being passive aggressive. And so like, those are things that I had to unlearn and things that have come up in recent relationships. And um, what we were talking about with the ego, it's like all of these things are very primitive, very reactive, right? And they're not really coming from a place of abundance or from a place of, of real true power, yeah. right? Because if you know yourself, if you have the healthy boundaries, if you have self-compassion, Generally, your intuition will be a lot stronger in those moments. Mm. Yeah. Double snaps. <laughs> um, what about you? I don't know that codependency cool was modeled by my immediate family growing up. I think that uh, a strong sense of independence was. Um, my mom just always taught like to be really independent, to not rely um, on anyone. Um, and so I, well, I think that that was like helpful for me in understanding what it meant to have a healthy relationship and that, um, you didn't do certain things because those were like, um, acts of like abuse in terms of like, or being used or whatever it may, whatever, however we want to call it. I didn't know that those were boundaries at that point. I still think that, um, those things were like modeled or taught an extreme where it taught me to build how to build walls mm-hmm. um and not necessarily boundaries in a sense if that makes sense like when i when i looked when i think back at how i thought about it at that point i was like my mom is super independent like she's teaching me how to be independent mm-hmm. if i don't want to do this because this person's trying to use me i'm not gonna do it um but i think now when i look back um it definitely contributes a lot to my tendencies of avoidance or like my tendencies to like build up walls um, because I wasn't necessarily taught those like um, skills of how to communicate, which mm-hmm. communicate is re- communication is really important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think healthy, I think certain aspects of healthy relationships were modeled, but uh, maybe in like ways that were really extreme and I'm still working on yeah. deconstructing those and then like redefining what those mean for me word yeah so a little bit different from from you both yeah. um mm-hmm. so that was your 
sort of like the way that you saw uh, relationships and, and our definitions, um, our definitions now, and then a look back at how we saw them um, growing up. How has your definition or idea of healthy relationships um, evolved over time? And I would love for us to chat through those in terms of like examples or experiences that led you to develop the definition that you stated at the very um, top of the episode. And you can speak to that from like the stance of interpersonal relationships or individual relationships. Yeah, I feel like for me, um, my learning process is always like learning when something is healthy from an experience when it was not. <laughs> so I definitely, yeah. I don't always need to fall flat on my face, but I think those moments are really humbling. And I would say that as my relationship with myself has changed, I realize that I'm manifesting and I'm attracting different types of energy. And for me, like dating women, cause that was a new experience for me in my early thirties was illuminating. Cause I, I basically <laughs> in a lot of ways, had to detach myself from a value system and unfortunately from my family for some time to reimagine and re-express this mm -hmm. new identity. Um, and I chose to do that through dating somebody who was a, you know, very strong willed lesbian, but also a narcissist. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, I actually kind of threw away some of the values and what I might like look at in terms of a friend. And I attracted somebody that was a narcissist who for me validated idealized me and validated yeah. who I was. Um, and I quickly learned that that's not enough. That does yeah. not a relationship make. Um, and then other experiences where, again, as we were mentioning, like revisiting codependency in my, in my last relationship um, and recognizing that again, I'm playing the martyr. And again, I'm thinking that I could potentially like help somebody by loving them enough, you know? So I feel as though um, now forging a new relationship with myself, which I'm seeing as like very, very tough, like self-care, what is this? You know, I'm trying to yeah. figure out what that means outside of like massages mm -hmm. um, has been illuminating and it started to help me understand one, how I need to create that within myself if I do want to manifest that healthy relationship. So I'm, I'm doing this modeling part with myself first before yeah. I endeavor on a new relationship because I want to make sure that it has those healthy dynamics and that I can also be mindful of how I might innately show up. So like, how can I heal those, those wounds so that I can show up in a more healthy way? Yeah. And again, with a healthy partner. Yeah. Well, you, um, I think that, uh, the way that my idea of healthy relationships has evolved over time. And I would say that, um, therapy has been like the most important thing to help me to like, um, really look at myself and really look at my behaviors and how that contributes to a healthy relationship with myself and the way that I present myself in a relationship with others. Um, I would say that ending the relationship with my parents and my family really screwed up my idea of a healthy relationship because of the fact that when you end your your ties to your family, especially to like your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister, it's sort of like you cut out the foundation of people who knew you before you knew yourself. And so you kind of walk around with this um, wall up where you think that a healthy relationship means that if someone triggers you in any way that you cut them off or that you build up the wall because of you 
cut out your family, then no one else is like, no one else, like your family is at the very top in terms of worth and no one else can compare to that. So everyone else is just dispensable mm -hmm. in a way. And so I think it really screwed up my idea of what a healthy relationship was because I went very heavily into avoidance in terms of like, I don't have to talk about something if I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to suppress um, if I need to. I'm going to cut you out. Um, and I think you've probably heard me say many times, like, well, if this person doesn't want to be my friend or if this person doesn't want to be in my life, well, I've ended my relationship with my family so they can just go right out the door. When in reality, I'm actually really scared of rejection. And I was very hurt and I didn't know how to communicate that. Mm -hmm. So I think that going through therapy um, has helped me to look at my behaviors that I repeat that are not healthy. Like, and I talk about this in, in the mommy issues episode in terms of um, spending like a day of self-care and then still feeling completely empty after. And then like going through like these cycles and then hitting a point where I'm like, I'm having a breakdown. Like I need to do more for myself. Really taking a step back and being like, why do I feel so empty when I'm trying to do so much for myself? Yeah. Um, and going to a licensed professional to help me uncover that and be able to define that. So I would say therapy has definitely really helped me to um, evolve that definition of a healthy relationship. But I also think that it's um, putting myself in circles and in conversations with people who are also um, on that journey. So like, Elisa, you say a lot of stuff like Jess mentioned that really resonates with me and with her because that's stuff that we don't necessarily have in our toolkit. And so when you talk about like, I did this experience and this is um, what it did for me, or I did this and this is what it did for me, then it also opens up my eyes to like, oh, well, maybe that's something that I should try to uncover a little bit more about myself or this idea of like betraying myself. Like, what, what does that mean and how have I done that? Mm -hmm. So I know that therapy is like a privilege and it's not accessible to everyone, but I also think that having a strong community of people who are on that journey of trying to understand what it's like to have a healthy relationship with themselves and with others, I think is also important because you can also learn through them. Yeah. I love, you know, right now, um, I'm not dating anybody and it's been really interesting to just see my community one, just like crowd around me because I recently went through a breakup and they say that like, and this is kind of a harsh rule, but you are the average of the five people that you hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> so in thinking about that, like throughout the years, I would say like in my mid to late twenties, I started really cutting out folks that might not have um, empowered my growth or who were really angry about it. Why? Yeah. Because like, if you're up leveling, like, you're, it's like, man, you're changing the whole, you know, grading yeah. system here. You're changing the dynamic. Yeah. I thought we were cool. Right. So mm -hmm. it forces people to kind of look at themselves. And so exactly what you just said, which is like having that empowering community around you and seeking that out. Um, and this can be like online. I mean, honestly, yeah, I feel well, like I follow so many amazing coaches and therapists online and to the point where I feel like we have relationship, but you know, <laughs> creating and manifesting that within your own life and, and kind of hanging out with people that freak me out a lot. And it's not necessarily in a way that it's unsafe, but in a way that it's uncomfortable because somebody is really going at the center stage of their life and they're putting themselves out there. And those are the sorts of people that I want to be around. Cause I know that that's going to empower me to, to be my best self. Yeah. Right. And to learn from, from the experiences of other people. Yeah. 
that's so interesting that you said that because um, for the listeners, um, Elisa had recommended like a, a Reiki healer and I, I decided to try it. And I went and um, the healer um, sat down with me to, to chat with me. I'm not going to talk a, lot, uh, a ton about the experience. I'm not ready to, but um, she looked at me very intensely in my eyes and was able to read when I chatted through anything the way that I was feeling. And it really freaked me out that without me saying anything that someone could see that something brought me to a low and that I had some sort of excitement about other things. When like my tone didn't change, this person was making a lot of eye contact with me. They sat closer to me than normally what I'm comfortable with. Like that aspect of vulnerability that I'm not usually used to. And that did freak me out. But then I was like, okay, I'm in this. I'm going to do this. I'm open. So you leaned into it. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Yeah. I can't top any of that, so. <laughs> Stop it. Um, it's obviously definitely evolved over time, as I mentioned uh, earlier, but I think the reason, the biggest reason for that, and I mentioned this in other episodes, is I think moving to California. I yeah. think picking up and moving somewhere across the country um, with no job, and really having to lean into depending on my partner financially, emotionally. I didn't know anyone here and thinking, holy shit, this is uncomfortable. Like I had to get real comfortable being uncomfortable in a very short period of time. And I think what that did was just force me to really dig into who am I? What do I want next? Like all these feelings, the fear, um, walking into a new space like I had no idea what to expect in San Francisco um and I'm so grateful for the opportunity because it allowed me to um not only like figure out what's next within my career but it also allowed me to like who do I want to associate myself with out here right like all my friends and my like my foundation is all on the east coast right we knew nobody here yeah and so well, technically we knew Elisa, but we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and we got brought together. But I think with that, I, I think I was on this path already because I, as I was, as I was getting older, I started thinking to myself, okay, who do I want to hang around? Like, what are the things that are important to me now? Like that started changing and I started being more aware of that. Mm -hmm. And so when we got here and I started meeting different people, okay. um, I started listening to my body and like, my energies and I'm like, okay, I didn't really feel good talking to that person. Like I didn't really gain anything from that. And I didn't, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel yeah. like I could be myself. Yeah. And then I started getting curious, like, oh shit, I don't feel safe. Like what? And then I started feeling more safe with other people. I'm like, oh, I like that person. Their energy is good. Like our energies are balancing. Um, and so it, it forced me to like evaluate who I'm letting into my life because that's super important. Like, I shouldn't just share my energy with anyone, right? Right. And if, I, if I'm if i going to move over here and create this life, I kind of get to start over in a sense. Um, and so that, that made me curious, not only for who I was going to hang around, but it made me curious of like these feelings I was talking about. Um, you know, my intuition, uh, my fears, uh, my ego. Um, and then, you know, I think I think the other way that, you know, it's evolved is honestly like our partnership, like you are a mirror to me. Um, and I hadn't, I have yet to be 
I had yet to be in a relationship this long. And like when you're in such a long-term relationship, you can kind of get stuck in your ways. Um, but I am so grateful that like we are so in sync as far as like our growth mindset and we want to grow as people. And you are not afraid to call me out on my shit. And you're not afraid to hold me accountable. If that's what I need, I can ask you for that. And you can say that, whether that's like, you know, a, a goal within like my marathon training or like my career, or if I said I was going to start a new hobby, or if I said I was going to hang out with certain people, like you have helped me reflect on that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's pushed me to um, really get curious about like my relationship, not only with you, but with myself. Um and obviously, like, therapy and all of that has been, like, my tools to help me, yeah. like, really, you know, journaling. I never was a big journaler, but now I'm, like, anytime I have, like, an intense feeling or even it just if I have a thought, I'm, like, I need to write this down. Like, I'm starting to feel weird if I don't do it. And I feel kind of what you said, like, unbalanced. It's, like, oh, I don't feel really good. Like, I need to, like, write something in it because it's truly helped me, like, just put out my feelings, even though – Nothing else is changing after I do that, but at least like I feel like I put the energy somewhere. Yes. Um, and I can look back on it. Um, yes. So yeah, it's been an interesting and beautiful journey. Just and I'm still I'm still in it. Like mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it was a lot of things, but I think being in a new space uh, allowed me to think differently about things. Yeah. So for people who are listening. And um, they've, they've listened to everything that we had to say and they're thinking, okay, I am starting my journey into discovering what a healthy relationship means for mm-hmm. me. What advice would we give them in terms of the hows, of how can they get to a definition of what a healthy relationship with themselves and with others means to them? Yeah, I think this question can go in so many different ways in terms of a, like a solution or something to start first. But I think you used a word that really hit me just, which is curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And so generally, if you're thinking about this question, it's resonating with you. It's because there's, there's work that you wanna do. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are areas of your life where you are settling or where you feel unsettled. Maybe you're in a job that you're like, I don't, because that's also a different kind of relationship, right? It's a pretty right. prominent one. So I think just being really curious and starting to notice and be aware where your energy might wane. Um, and it's like in energy coaching, it's interesting that you were talking about how like the the specialist, the Reiki specialist could tell when your energy was waning because that's really what I do as a coach is I'll say like, what just happened there? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I just noticed when you talked about your boss or the situation. And so I think just like starting to like, assess. And this really helped me to do, um, cause it was hard to do all the time. Yeah. So when I first started out doing this, um, I decided that every time I would look into a bathroom mirror yeah. that I would ask myself, how am I doing? Oh. Right. So it's just like some sort of ritual or time where I can actually just start to like notice these things. Um, and I think from there, you know, I'm really a believer in the power of manifestation. And so what I mean about that is that, you know, you can create a desire right? Of like, I want to build a healthier relationship with myself. And then you can believe that you can do it, right? Because you've done everything up until this point. And then from there, it's just letting it go, right? And saying, okay, and I just trust that like things will 
unfold. And I know that that might sound a little bit like woo woo or spiritual, but this has been a huge part of my development because when I started this work, which I, I really believe was around the time that I was coming out, um, I just knew I had to do something different, yeah. right? I had to kind of go into this place of discomfort if I wanted a different result. And from there, it's like I went to one Reiki specialist just because I was curious about it. I was like, I could try out this thing. And it then unfolded into now I have like a spreadsheet of like spiritual advisors and healers that I share <laughs> with people. And that's been really helpful. So I think that and like going back to the framework where I said in the beginning, which is like body, mind, spirit. And so like if you could even just think about how we are full and round self, like what in your body, right? Like what are, what are things that you might feel pent up with? Like just starting to notice that yeah. maybe thinking about your eating and what makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So in your mind and your spirit, also taking that assessment and then the tools, the meditations, the journaling, I mean, that will all unfold, but just starting to really assess those things in your life um, and create habits that can get you there is a really nice place to start. I agree with all of those. Um, I think that as someone who um, has struggled with a lot of issues of suppressing um, emotions to the point where they manifest themselves in like my body in terms of like, um, I I all I always thought I had a, like an autoimmune disorder because I would get like random aches and pains in different places and, and I'd, I'd go to doctors and they'd be like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like everything's pretty good. Um, I think that was like a manifestation of like everything that I was suppressing and because I'm sure there are other people out there who are like me where it's, it's hard for me to take a step back and like really take inventory because there's just like, there's a lot, it's like a basement in there that has like a whole lot of stuff like <laughs> packed up with dust. It's clearing out now. Um, I think that what was most helpful for me was to read um, certain books. And so I, I talk a lot about Brene Brown, but I really do think that her books really helped me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get, like, I get emotional thinking about it, but her books really helped me in terms of taking inventory of, like, hmm, that really stuck with me when she says that, hmm, this, this word belonging and fitting in, that really, that really, like, I like that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I, my body felt a certain way when I, when she, when I, when I read that or mm -hmm. um, when she talks about different things. So pick up the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown, read it underline things that stick out to you and at the end of it like look through specific words or or topics that she talks about and maybe use those as journal prompts so like if she talks about belonging and that really resonated with you like why why did belonging resonate with you mm -hmm. um so i would say I'm, I'm giving advice from the perspective of like me who like bottles up and it's really hard for me to like take the inventory um but i also think that once you've done that like everything elisa said is perfect like that is yeah like it's amazing tools in terms of a framework and um the other the other things that follow yeah, yeah. and it really like has to work for you right like yeah. this is like i'm i'm saying this because i'm obsessed with this like this whole yeah. idea of wellness mm -hmm. and um another person to just look into i love Brene because she's very like anti-self-help Right. Like it's yeah. actually anti self-help because it's more self-knowledge. Yeah. And another person I really love is Pima Chadron. Um, and she writes this book called Accepting Uncertainty or Living Beautifully, Accepting Uncertainty in Times of Change and Struggle. Um, and that's, you know, it's just been a really phenomenal book because it's really just about 
knowledge of self. And I would say like what we said in the beginning is like self-compassion, like this is tough work. <laughs> like this yeah. should not, like you do not, like I feel like we can do ourselves a disservice by saying like, I have to do these 80 things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it really has to be work that works for you and creating a safe space for yourself. Because remember that's important in any relationship, including yourself. So as you were speaking about in the beginning where it's like such self-criticism, I always like to think, and this helped me a lot in early days of therapy, where my therapist would say, would you say that to your five-year-old self? Ooh. Would you say that same thing to your five-year-old self? And so another place to look at, because they are the, it's the foundation of all of our relationships, is our childlike state. Um, and so if you're curious about this inner child work, really you know, the traumas that we experienced during childhood really set the stage for our relationships. Mm -hmm. So if you're brave enough to start there, or if you're curious, um, and if there's safety and you have a community to support you, that's definitely something um, that I'm currently tackling and I found a lot of benefit from. Yup, I'm freaking obsessed. I am obsessed <laughs> with the inner child and uh, I've sent this to both of you, but the Adult Chair podcast, like Amazing. it has changed my life. I listen to it every day, even when I'm just like, even when I don't have time and I'm just at work, I'm like, I don't care if I don't like fully process it. It's like hearing it in the background mm -hmm. just helps me feel at ease. But yeah, to what Elisa was saying, like, if you're really interested in that, like listen to this podcast because it really just breaks it down. Um, and so, yeah, get curious, uh, be mindful um, and also I think what's truly helped me, I feel like you're into like social media. I just been following a bunch of therapists online because um, they drop some bangers on there that I'm like, whoa, like that speaks to me in so many ways. I need to save this. I need to reflect on it and I need to share it with like my community because this might speak to them as much as it speaks to me. Uh, so those are kind of the things that are that work for me on top of everything that Elise and stuff just mentioned. So. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Elisa, Thank for you. coming on and, and sharing all these great um, tips and resources. You're There's a lot of welcome. stuff that I will learn from this as well. So I'm just going to re-listen to this episode <laughs> and take some notes. Listen over and over again. Yeah. Um, so, Elisa, if people want to find you, where can they, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, I am on Instagram at Elisa E. Ramos. And then I do have a site um, that will be updated soon. It's elisa-ramos.com. Um, if you're interested in energy coaching or even just chatting with me about any of this stuff, I'd love to connect with folks. So official. Yeah. Damn. Can't wait to look at this website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Until next time. Peace. Bye.